A reading from the book of Matthew, the baptism of Jesus. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. We continue in Matthew's Gospel with the temptation of Jesus. This passage is familiar to us. Um, And because it is, and because it's very visual, I invite you to shut your eyes and to imagine the story as I read it to you. The Temptation of Jesus. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterward he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, I will command my angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to the devil, again it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took Jesus to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to Jesus, All these things I'll give you if you'll fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it's written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left Jesus, and suddenly angels came and took care of him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. God, who walks with us in wilderness, knows our temptation and calls us beloved. Please be here in this group as we are trying to worship you, to live our lives according to your purpose for us, and just trying to get through the day loving our neighbors as ourselves. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be truly pleasing to you, God of all creation. Amen. So, as many of you know, we have just begun our Lenten journey of the year. Often when we think of Lent, we think of the wilderness, this journey through the desert. And, of course, the temptation of Jesus takes place in the wilderness. It's very interesting to me that we always see Lent as a time of journey through
through the wilderness because I really believe our lives here on earth are a certain kind of wilderness. Often in this season of Lent where we see our daily lives as a kind of wilderness, we remember that this journey we're taking with God is one of hope. While we here in this moment are tired, hungry, and thirsty, we remember that we're walking towards the day of resurrection, the day of power where death no longer has its same sting. However, I asked myself in this time of Lent, what am I being tempted with in my wilderness? Often, different experiences in our lives tempt us to be afraid. I think of bank fraud, work conflict, or illness. In my life, I've been experiencing bank fraud for the last couple of months, and it's instilled a lot of fear in my life. I won't get into any details, but I will say that I was consumed with the fear of not having enough, not having enough to pay my bills. I was consumed with the fear of not being safe, not being secure. And I was also consumed with this fear that I'm not important enough for this to be fixed quickly. And yet, in this consumption of fear, I was taking myself away from God. I was no longer spending time in personal devotion and prayer. And I believe that this is the temptation the devil is offering to Jesus in this passage. Temptation is not just to affect our daily lives. It's to separate us from our creator, our beloved God. So whether it is bank fraud, a flat tire, or suddenly having piles and piles of bills just show up at your door, this life provides a lot of reasons to be afraid. And we're not wrong to be afraid. We have to act. We can't just snap our fingers and wait for God to fix our problems. The test here is to see, are we able to act without being consumed? Are we able to act and walk in our daily lives in this wilderness full of chaos and fear and still remember we're not alone, that God is walking with us? I honestly think that this is the question of our radical trust in a radical God. Do we trust in ourselves and our own power, or do we trust in the God who created everything we see every day? Do we remember whose we are in those moments of chaos and temptation? I will say, in this temptation, in this life, in this Lenten journey, we do have God always, even if we forget that God is walking beside us. Simply, We are able to have a radical trust because our God is so powerful and so merciful. We can have this trust because we know God is God. And we are children of God beloved by this creator. Simply, temptation does not have the final word in this journey towards our salvation 
and our eternal life with God. I love this passage because it is so complicated, and there's so many different ways to go with it, and I'll be honest, this is my fourth version of this sermon, and I haven't looked at my paper really yet, so it's still coming. (laughs) But this is the beauty of God. God is always speaking to us. But what I ended on is that Jesus seems invincible and unstoppable in this passage. Often I think we like to see Jesus as the lamb, you know, very peaceful, praying. Jesus is radical here. Jesus is showing his authority. However, this is not to shame us that we will never be able to react to this temptation as well as Jesus does. Rather, this passage is to give us immense hope that the one who is our Savior is able to talk face-to-face with the devil after fasting for 40 days alone in the wilderness and seemingly has no problem. These temptations that take over our daily lives are put to the side quickly by our gracious God. In this powerful exchange, we see Jesus' radical trust in God. This is over and over again in each of these tests. And we also see that Jesus remembers his identity. The test is, if you are the son of God, do this. And yet, we so often are so worried about our identity. Who are we? What are we? How do I prove this? How do I show you? And Jesus is not worried about proving that he is the Messiah, the true son of God, because he is so sure in his purpose and mission from God. This is to give us hope. Temptation does not have the final say. So, in the first test that the devil has for Jesus, the test is, you know, Jesus, if you are the son of God, turn this rock into bread. You got to be hungry. Jesus responds, I don't live by bread alone. None of us live by bread alone. We see that by all of us being here this morning. Having food, clothing, and shelter is not enough to live by. We live by God's grace, mercy, power, and word. That's the first test. And yet, when I think about myself in this situation, I see the fear of not having enough. The temptation the devil gave to Jesus was, you don't have any food. Are you afraid that God will not provide for you? And yet Jesus trusts in God that this situation will be okay. He will be taken care of. So he's able to cite scripture, face the devil head on, and move on. You know, God says, I don't need just bread. I need the words of God's mouth. This temptation is not enough for our Messiah to give in. The second test that the devil crafts up for Jesus has the purpose of showing that the angels protect Jesus. The devil is saying, you know, Jesus, if you're actually as important as you say you are, jump off of this high mountain and show me that the angels care. Show me that you are the real Messiah. And Jesus 
responds that we shouldn't test God. He doesn't say, hey, I'm the, I'm the real deal, but I'm not going to do this. He trusts in God enough to say, God has given me this purpose and this mission and this identity. I don't need to prove who I am. And yet in this, I see the test of safety and protection that we are constantly bombarded with. So instead, Jesus responds humbly and faithfully, saying, I'm not going to test God. And I think it's funny because obviously Jesus is protected by the angels as they show up at the end of the story after the devil leaves. Jesus doesn't need to show that the angels protect him because he already knows that the angels protect him. Yet again, Jesus shows that he understands our human temptation, and he also shows that he has the final word, not the devil. The third and final test of this passage is for Jesus to bow down to the devil to have all earthly dominion of kingdoms. This, again, shows the temptation to be important and successful by earthly standards, which I know I definitely struggle with, and probably a few of you do too. What's interesting is Jesus already has this power. If Jesus' purpose was world domination, he would have taken over the world and righted it. However, Jesus' purpose was to live a humble life with those who don't have enough. He came for those who are sick, not to give himself more power and authority. This time, Jesus rebukes the devil and says, you know, get out of here. (laughs) This is a waste of both of our times. Because I am only going to worship and serve God. I am not tempted by your power, your authority, your offer. For a third time, Jesus doesn't ignore the devil or run away afraid. Jesus doesn't react in pride or even show a bit of temptation. Jesus leans on God for his power, radically trusting and remembering he is the Son of God. I'm honestly really impressed with Jesus that he didn't react or respond to the devil in the way that he was tempted. Jesus' power over the devil and temptation demonstrates divine power, radical trust, and disruptive humility. God, who loves us completely, has complete and utter control over the devil and temptation, even at his weakest. While we will be consumed with temptation, we are no longer victims. Jesus' authority here shows us that we do not need to be afraid. As the people of God, we have a radical trust in our innate identity as children of God beloved in God's sight. For our God has conquered evil, sin, and death. Our true identity is in the love and power of Jesus Christ. You are a beloved child of God. Our identity, purpose, and worth is found in God, not in our own fear of scarcity 
not being important, or not being safe. Our God has provided all that we will need. Even when we are tempted and tested, as we probably will be even right now during my sermon, or right when we're walking out to coffee hour, we are still God's. Nothing we have done, will do, or are doing right now will ever tarnish our identity as beloved children of God. We can radically trust in the goodness and mercy of our God because we know that temptation does not have the final word. Amen.